the Marketplace Movement, where our vision is to reach, enhance, and advance lives. This week, we are on part eight of There's Work to Be Done. We will learn that in order to live the standard, we must know our reason and God's promises. So as always, grab your notebook and your Bible and join us in the year to live the standard. Glory to God. Are y'all ready for the word of the Lord today? Amen. I am excited to see you in the house of God. I'm excited for all of you who have gathered. You got my mic a little too hot. I'm excited for what God is doing. See, I get real excited when I recognize he didn't have to. Glory to God. It's funny. I need to say this. I need to say this for a minute. The scripture says, cast your cares upon the Lord. That's what the Bible say, right? Scripture says, cast your, yeah, that's empty. Cast your cares. That's what the scripture say, right? And see, I believe, hold this for me. I believe that that some of us, we we say stuff and we don't do it. Did y'all hear what I said? The scripture says, cast your cares on the Lord. So I gave gave, gave him this basket, and I I need y'all to think about this basket as a care. Y'all with me? I won't get to the word, but I need somebody to see this because I'm looking at some of y'all who need to do some casting. And, And when the scripture says to cast your care, it doesn't mean to keep them. Now, now, cast your cares upon the Lord. Y'all with me here? Here's what the Lord has promised us. Throw it to me. You still ain't caught it. If he cast the care upon me, guess who ain't got the cares no more? You still ain't caught it. Here, take it back. We gonna do the exercise again. Lord, this is hard. Lord, this is heavy. Lord, this is too much. Lord, I can't do it. Lord, I'm about to lose my mind. Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm getting weary. Cast it. See? Guess who ain't got to have? You ain't got to keep having conversation with God about that. When you cast the care upon the Lord, stop walking around as if you still got the care. See, because if you can still feel it, you didn't cast it. Oh, come on. And sometimes in the middle of your worship, you, hmm, you ain't got time to be doing no little cute casting. See, that's that little cute casting. When, when you really need something off of you, you need to take that care. some of y'all need to do with the stuff you posting on Facebook. See? You throwing everything else. You throwing shade. Throw your care. Y'all not in the room. Throw it. Cast it. Get it off of you. Get it off your heart. Get it off your mind. Quit worrying about it. Quit stressing about it. You need to take your care and violently, the kingdom of heaven, suffer it violence. It don't take all of that. Man, please. Some of y'all worried about how I tore up this basket. That's why you're still crying at night. Because ain't nobody thinking about what this basket don't gonna do when it hit the ground, when the thing that, when it's on me, is driving me crazy. If you recognize your sanity is more valuable than your care, the reason you won't throw it is because when you throw in it, you worried about what's going to happen to it, which means you wanted to care the whole time. You trying to protect something killing you. You might think about, ooh, the basket going to tear up. Man, listen, if the thing that's taking me out breaks when I throw it off of me, Cast it on him. Amen. 
I watched you guys. I'm, I'm throwing that basket. Y'all looking around like, ooh, the basket. Ooh, the basket. Ooh, the basket. Some of y'all about to miss the whole analogy because you're so concerned about the insignificant. That's why you're still going through it. You got to be willing to break the basket to get God. Oh, y'all want some scripture behind that? That's why the woman didn't keep the oil in the alabaster box. Okay, never mind. <laughs> because watch this. I got to break what y'all think is precious. And watch. I got one more for you about that story. The, the value wasn't even in the oil. The value was in who she was willing to pour the oil on. Okay, never mind. Oh, everybody freaking out. The oil, the oil. She was like, man, please. The experience of me being able to be this close to the master is way more valuable than this oil that all y'all crying about. That's why some people don't understand your worship and some people don't understand your praise because they're saying it don't take all of that. And for many of us, we're going, if I had a little bit more strength, I'd give him more than this. If I had just a little bit more strength, as a matter of fact, I'm repenting and I'm running out of wind. If I had a little bit more strength, if I had a little bit more gumption, I'd give God such a radical praise that they'd have to run me out of the church because God has been too very good to me. If I had just a little bit more stamina, oh mama, ain't no rock gonna cry out for me. I would cry aloud, spare not, lift up my voice like a trumpet because God has been too good to me. For me to be silent. Excuse me. See, we in a season where you cannot be concerned about who's looking at you. You cannot be concerned about what people think about you. You cannot be concerned about whether or not they think you're doing too much. You better put your sanctified hair in a ponytail and give God all the... You done lost my mind. God, I will not be silenced by my critics. I will not. Excuse me. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm watching y'all now. Y'all looking around like, you see, that's the problem. You busy wanting somebody to agree with the praise that is necessary for your destiny. I know it might not take this much for you, but you got to understand, I got a destiny that requires this level of worship. I got a destiny that requires this praise. I need you to understand something. Watch, 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 watch. If you buy a car, ooh-wee. If you buy a car, a valuable car, and you open up, you get ready to put gas in it the first time, it'll tell you premium fuel only. Y'all not in the room. You can't just put any old gas in the car and expect it to run to the manufacturer's specifications because it says that the value of the vehicle requires a premium fuel. You got to understand in this room that when God made you, he made you to have premium fuel only and if you want to operate at the optimum level of your inheritance you got to stop filling the tank of your spirit with the demonic influences of the world but you got to put the premium fuel of the holy goat y'all that's why some conversations you need to cut short sorry that ain't premium fuel Sorry, my bad. I was about to sit there and listen to you, but I'm shutting that off. Because I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This, this particular vehicle does not take that level of octane. I ain't got time for your gossip. I ain't got time for your hate. I ain't got time for your backbiting. I'm trying to get somewhere, and my praise requires it. All right. Glory to God. Somebody say Glory. Glory. We're going to create an atmosphere in this house. We're going to create an atmosphere. I'm building culture. I said, I'm building a culture. I said, I'm building a culture. A culture of worship, a culture of praise. I'm building a culture. I want the devil to say, nah, never mind. We'll skip that church. 
I want him to come down Third Street and just skip right on over. Just come down there and say, no, don't even go in there because you go in there and you're going to get an L. I want the devil to tell all his angels driving down West Third. I want him to get even close, even around the atmosphere. I'm trying to put a whole force field around the entire community. And as soon as the devil get close, he go, everybody be quiet. Y'all know how y'all used to do when you was acting up and your mama looked at you? That's how I need the devil to be when he comes into the atmosphere of the saints of the living God. I need the devil to know that we are a chosen generation. We are a royal. Y'all. All right. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now we can get into the word. I feel better. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. Come on, get your notes out. Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't worry, I got I got stuff to preach. Don't worry. I got stuff to say. I used to apologize, but I'm not apologizing. I'm just letting y'all know. Just rolling the opening credits. <laughs> just rolling the opening credits. I, some, sometimes you need somebody to know. You know a meal going to be good when they pull out the appetizer and the appetizer is banging. You're like, yes. This about to be good. <laughs> I woke, I, I woke up ready to praise him. <laughs> y'all don't understand. <laughs> y'all don't understand. <laughs> y'all don't even understand. I got out the bed this morning recognizing he could, didn't have to let me get up. I woke up ready to praise him. <laughs> I got out the bed like, okay, God. Whoa. <laughs> I know some of y'all might have woke up with an attitude, but I woke up ready to praise him. He could have let me die in my sleep last night. I woke up ready. I know. I'm looking around. We got some visitors. Y'all don't know me. What's up, y'all? Let's get it. Woo! Get your notes out. Get your notes. Get your notes. Get your notes. Get your Bibles. Are we prepared for the word of the Lord? All right. I need everybody in this room to say, know your reason. Come on, say, know your reason. Third time, say, know your reason. Now, we have been teaching on what Jesus came to do. We understand that he came to serve. We understand that he came to seek and save that which is lost. And then last week, we started talking about that he came to do the will of God. Amen? In other words, the Lord knew his reason. He knew his purpose. And the truth is that that needs to be our pattern as well. And if you're not too afraid, to be honest, how many of us don't always do what the Lord tell us to do. Okay, some of y'all lying. That's fine. We'll get there together. Some of us, God telling us to do stuff, and you telling God it's too hard. You telling God it's too much. You telling God you don't feel like it. You telling God you're giving him all these stipulations. Lord, I'll do it once this happens in my life. Amen. But I told us that the pattern, the pattern for the will of God is three things. This should already be in your notes. The pattern is I have to be submitted to the will. I have to be steered by the will, and I have to be sustained by the will. I have to be submitted to the will of God. I have to be steered by the will of God. And I have to what? What's the third one? There we go. Sustained by the will of God. And so today, let's, let's start with the recap text in John chapter 6. John chapter 6 just so that we can all be on the same page. Are y'all ready? Come on. Come on. Y'all ready? Come on. If y'all not ready, just tell me I ain't ready. All right. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Mm-hmm. Here it is, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven. 638. I have come down from heaven. Not to do my own will. This is Jesus talking. But the will of him who sent me. Y'all see that? This is the will of him who sent me. That of all that he has given me, I lose nothing. But raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of the Father, that everyone who beholds the Son 
and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. Now, I, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to uh, hold, hold my excitement here. But, but, but can I tell y'all a secret? You ready? Um, the Lord don't fail. Y'all still like, number says, I'm not a man that I should lie, neither the son of man that I should repent. And if I said it, I'll make it, I'll make it good. That is what the, so the Lord don't fail. Do, do y'all believe it? It sounds real simple, don't it? The Lord, say the Lord doesn't fail. Come on, say it one more time. The Lord doesn't fail. Okay, now keep that in your heart. The Lord don't fail. Now, 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 look at this. He says in verse 38, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That is what he said, right? Now, y'all do believe that the Lord don't fail, right? Okay, 39. This is the will of him who sent me. Y'all still believe the Lord don't fail? Mm -hmm. That of all that he has given me, I lose nothing. I, I asked y'all, did y'all believe the Lord didn't fail? See, y'all didn't missed it so far. I said, did y'all believe the Lord don't fail? Jesus says, here's the will of God that sent me. Everything that he gives me, I won't lose none of it. You still ain't caught it. If I get to the Lord, the Lord says, guess what? I won't lose you. Yes, sir. Uh, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So all I got to do is get into the presence of God. And as soon as I get into the presence of God and God gets me and I abide in him and he in me, guess what he says? I won't lose you. Some call, come on now. He won't. I asked y'all, did y'all believe he won't fail? <laughs> See, this is, how, this, is how, this is how you talk to the devil when the devil starts telling you what ain't going to work. You start reminding the devil of what God has already promised. When, God, when the devil starts telling you that ain't going to work, excuse me, my God said, my God said, he won't lose me. So I don't care what you said about me, the Lord that I serve, don't fail. You fail, you lie. As a matter of fact, the scripture I read says that you are the father of lies. So as a matter of fact, I'm going to take the threat that you just gave me as a lie. Y'all, y'all. Since you are the father or the progenitor of lies, that means everything that comes out of your mouth, I'm going to take it like a lie. So when you tell me I can't do it, you're a liar. When you tell me I'm not good enough, you're a liar. When you tell me that my family's going to be sick, you're a liar. When you tell me that this sickness is unto death, you're a liar. Because I don't believe your report. I believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Now, sorry. Jesus knew. Say, know your reason. Jesus knew. He knew why he was here. And here's the truth. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Many of us struggle with the will of God because the will of God is connected to stuff that we don't believe we can do. Are we going to be honest together? God tells us what his will is. And we hear it, and we hear it like a hard thing. And so when God says... You shall do this. The thing that he tells us that we are to do and that we're capable of doing, we actually don't believe that we can do it. So we listen to the voice of God through the will of man. Let's do it again. Let, let's, 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 let's do it again. We listen to what God says through what we believe about ourselves. So because you believe that you can't, when God says you can, you override the Savior with what you believe about yourself. And oftentimes, the belief that we have about ourselves is a belief that has been carried down for perpetual generations based upon a lie that we don't even know. We call that stuff generational curses. I call them generational decisions. Because at some point, somebody has to decide, I don't care what they did. Just because you know the story of those that came before you does not mean that you are required to do what they did. As a matter of fact, it is your knowledge of what the people before you did that should give you the strength not to do it. Do not fall into the pit that is marked danger. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? If I put a great big old huge sign that says, this pit, danger, you will fall and break your right leg. Why would you just jump in there just to see? Why would you do that? I'm going to see if I can break my left leg. 
Are y'all with me? But understand, when God gives you the will and the will is hard, that's actually the differentiator. The Lord calls us to things that show the world who he is. Do that again. The Lord calls us to things that show the world who he is. The Lord doesn't give you a will to make you famous. The Lord calls you to something that's going to make him famous. Which means that what God calls you to has to be bigger than what you can do. Because if you can do it with your own strength, that does not bring glory to God. God calls you to something that's going to bring him glory. Which means it's oftentimes so big that when you accomplish it, everybody will look at it and say, that had to be God. Come on now. I'm talking about they're going to look at you and say, Mm-mm, that ain't them. I know where they from. That had to be God. No, no, couldn't be them. I know their parents. That had to be God. No, 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 couldn't be them. I rec- Are y'all with me in the room? The will of God will most often look like something much larger than what we believe that we're capable of. Amen. And the will of God, here's the problem. The will of God is not something that our flesh gets excited for. The will of God is not something that your flesh gets excited for. God's will for your life looks like an enemy to your flesh. Say it one more time. God's will for your life looks like an enemy to your flesh. So sometimes when you're saying that might not be God, you need to ask yourself, who's talking? Because the part of you who is saying no to God could very well be the flesh that you haven't killed. Please understand, man has a will. The scripture calls it the will of man. And in in John chapter 1, it says Jesus didn't even come by the will of man. Which means, watch this, come on, this is good news. Y'all really want to know the origin of the gospel? Jesus didn't come because we wanted him to. Y'all didn't hear that? It says he he was not born by the will of man, but by the will of God. Which means Jesus didn't show up on earth because we called him because we was too silly to want Jesus. As a matter of fact, the rest of the chapter says, and when he came to his own, his own received him not. You get to the end of the book of Matthew, and at the end it says, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Which means on both bookends of his life, the the, the Savior comes into the life of, of, of his people, and they did not want him. Which means that sometimes the Lord can be right in your face, and you don't even know who there. Amen, amen. And watch this. Some of us have been in the world. mm -hmm, Listen to my language. Some of us have been in the world so long that we have dulled our spiritual senses. Okay. You've been so exposed to the system of the world instead of the system of the kingdom that your spiritual senses have been dulled. That's even true for many of us who still think we're in the will of God. Because, watch this, the will of God now looks like, in many instances, the will of man. Example, when, watch this, when John was in his mother's womb and Jesus was in his mother's womb, the two got together and the babies leaped around. That is the scripture, right? When John was in his mother's womb and he can't see outside the womb and Jesus is in his mother's womb. He can't see outside the room. The two wombs get around. And because each one had not entered into the system of the world, the two, the two babies was like, we sense God. However, when John gets grown, goes out into the wilderness, camel hair, locusts, and honey, Jesus comes onto the scene. John walks up to the same Jesus who he recognized in the womb looks at the same Jesus and said are you the one or shall I look for another wait a minute how can the embryo recognize the Lord but the grown man can't it's y'all y'all 
the embryo was like, that's God. But because John, even though he was doing the will of God, was now surrounded by the will of man. Are y'all with me here? His spiritual senses were so dull that he was not able to originally know who Jesus was just by simply being in his presence. He had to ask a question. In other words, watch this, the non-contaminated embryo of John was actually wiser in the spirit than the contaminated man of John who was in the will of man. Never mind. It's why some of us in this room, I'm saved, sanctified, full of the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, might be, but your discernment might be off because you keep trying to kick it in the system of the world. That's why Jesus said, suffer the children to come. That's why, the, that's why Jesus says, out of the mouths of babes. Come on now, you got to come like a little child. In other words, the only way to get the true power is to recognize the power that you do not have. If you don't humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, you're not prepared for the anointing that only comes to those who are mature in Christ. See, we're trying to be mature in, in, in the world. Are y'all with me? All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's why you got to come out from among them. I said, that's why you got to come out from among them. One more time. That's why you got to come out from among them. Sometimes you got to say, say to yourself, self, let me get out of here. Because I'm about to mess around and, 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 and start talking like, acting like, let me get out of here. Because I feel my flesh. I feel my flesh raising up. You know when you're about to act a fool. You, self, yes, get out of here. Okay. Because I'm about to mess around. Huh? And that old nature. That old nature, that old me. Amen. Because watch this. Some of us, some of us have the anointing of Jesus over Lazarus over our flesh every day. Every Friday, we bring Lazarus forth. <laughs> Man, that felt great to me. Every Friday, the Lazarus of your flesh comes out of a grave. You, you kill him on Sunday, you call that joker forth Friday. Drunkenness, come forth. Sunday, Put him right to sleep. Friday, lust, come forth. Kill it on Sunday, on Friday. Depression, come forth. You got the anointing to bring back them spirits that you kill on Sunday, but you won't bring back joy, peace, loving kindness. You won't bring back long suffering. You think it's too hard. It wasn't too hard, never mind. Now, let me give you, oh, we're doing good on time. Write this down. The will of God requires relationship with God. Turn to John chapter 5. The will of God, y'all all right in this room? The will of God requires relationship with God. If I'm going to do God's will, I have to have a relationship with him. Amen? The will of God requires relationship with God. John chapter 5, y'all there? John chapter 5. Let's start reading um, at verse 19. John 5, now here pages. I'm waiting. Come on, click, tap, turn, swipe. Do what you do. John chapter 5, verse 19. Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. Watch. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. Please notice that Jesus is saying, I don't do nothing that I don't see the Father do. Y'all see that? I don't do anything that I don't see the Father do. So if the will rested in the hand of the Father, Jesus says, in order for me to do the will of the Father, I better make sure I got a relationship with the Father. Jesus said, ain't no way I'm going to do God's will and don't have a relationship with the very one who I need to see in order to do the will of God. Are y'all with me? Write these, th these three things down. I'm still under number one. This would be 1A. So the will of God requires a relationship with God. A, you will not emulate what you do not observe. 
You will not emulate what you do not observe. One more time. You will not emulate what you do not observe. And I would challenge you to this. Before you go to emulating, make sure you're observing through the eyes of the Spirit. So, A, you will not emulate what you do not observe. And let me give you one more piece to, 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 to A. Don't emulate the stuff you like. The comfortable. See, many of us are trying to emulate somebody's, watch this, somebody's destination. But we refuse to emulate the journey. Did y'all hear what I said? You in love with the destination. Like I, like I tell people all the time, you like the idea of being married. You don't want the marriage. <laughs> you, you like the idea of preaching. You don't want the, you don't want the preaching. You, you, you in love with the idea. You like the destination, but you don't want the journey. You know how I know? Because every time the journey raises ugly head, you say, mm-mm, it wasn't supposed to be like this. How you know? You ain't never been on that road. Maybe it's supposed to be like that on your road. You don't get to go around telling people what your journey is supposed to be like because it's your journey. The wonderful thing about God is all of us are on a different road going to the same place. Are y'all with me here? We got to learn principles from each other and stop just taking the examples. So you will not emulate what you do not observe. B, you will not observe what you do not admire. One more time. You will not observe what you do not admire. If there's no admiration, and I didn't say lust, I said admiration. Because admiration is noble. Lust is demonic. Because you can lust after something, amen, and, and that puts you in the realm of the demonic. Admiration is noble. But you won't really take a hard look at anything if you don't admire it. Amen. Here, here's here's that, that, that B is where things get funny because many of us are not admiring through our spirit. We're admiring through the flesh. So we go, they drive this, they live here, they wear this, they are somebody to be admired. No, that means there's somebody who either got credit cards, money. Amen. That's not necessarily somebody you admire. I admire somebody who can sing in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all not in here. Somebody that's sitting up there and you like, you just happy like all the time. I need to figure that out. Amen. You, you sitting up here trying to, trying to drive the same car or somebody not recognize that they about to kill themselves trying to make the payment. Amen. You're like, why they got that car? They barely got it. They barely got the car. I can't believe they got that house. They don't have the house. The house has them. Y'all not in there. There's a difference. There's a difference. So what? You live in this nice, new, beautiful, big house. You, the house got you. Amen. You living in 4,000 square feet and can't go to the grocery. You got a box of Cheerios. Huh? No milk. Just a box. Didn't get the noodle cups. You got the Raymond noodle packets. Couldn't even get the dried vegetables on the inside. She had to go with the packets. No vegetables. But you ain't got a kettle to boil the water. You ain't got the house. The house got you. So A, I will not emulate what I do not observe. B, I will not observe what I do not admire. C, I will not admire what I do not believe. I will not truly admire what I do not believe. What do you mean by that? I need to make sure that what you are showing me is true before my admiration kicks in because we live in a day and age where it is easy to give somebody a false image 
of your reality. Amen. Saw somebody the other day on Twitter. They said uh, they put a, a, a false profile on Tinder for 30 days to see what would happen. And so they went to a bargain shop and they came out in front of the bargain shop with all these bags and they had somebody take a picture. Then they went into Photoshop and they took the, the, the store name behind them and put Gucci. And they took all the bags and they put Gucci emblems on them. And so it looked like he had come out with like armfuls of Gucci and everybody was like all over him. He was like, wow, that's amazing. But what were they really getting? So in other words, you fell in love with the manipulator. So don't get frustrated when you get manipulated. Amen, amen. So you got to know the truth to admire. And once I admire, I can observe. And once I observe, I can emulate. To get this thing right, do y'all see what I just did? Let's, let me do it again. A, you will not emulate what you do not observe. Y'all got that? B, you will not observe what you do not admire. Got that? C, you will not admire what you do not believe. Now, in order to do this thing right, you have to read it from bottom to top. I have to believe in order to admire. I have to admire in order to observe. I have to observe in order to emulate. Don't read it from top to bottom, because if you read it from top to bottom, your flesh can get involved. But if I read it from bottom to top, belief, let's put spiritual language, faith before admiration, admiration before observation, observation before emulation. Y'all got it? All right, so, so that's number one. The will of God requires relationship with God. Number two, the will of God requires faith in God. So the will of God, Lord, I want to do your will, okay? I have to have a relationship first. Number two, I have to have faith. Do we agree? Here's the thing about faith. Because remember I told you when God calls you to do something that's bigger than you? So let's just go, let's just call the roll a little bit. Noah, build an ark. Excuse me. That's my will for you. Build a boat big enough, amen, for pretty much everybody. Because it's going to rain. I know you ain't never seen rain before, but trust me, rain's coming. Here's the thing that got me about the Noah story. Watch this. And maybe this all made sense to you. I said it got me. Maybe y'all got this revelation. When he tells Noah to build the boat, he did not give Noah the skill to build the boat. Nowhere in the text do you see he taught him how to build the boat, which means Noah was already a boat builder when he got the... Y'all didn't catch it. Which means when God gives you an assignment, he gives you an assignment that is attached to a skill set that you already have. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Y'all sitting up there telling God, God, I don't know how this is going to work. I knew you was a boat builder when I asked you to build the boat. Nowhere in the text do we see God say, first I need you to go learn how to build a boat. Because, listen, this ain't no little small boat. This boat is like football field big. So watch this. He asked him to do something that he already had the skill set to do. So when you're spending all this time telling God what you can't do, God is like, um, I don't ask you to do stuff that you can't do. I might ask you to do stuff that you don't believe. But I already know you can when I ask you. Because why would I ask you something you can't? Noah built a boat. He didn't ask nobody else to build a boat. Because Noah was a boat builder. Are y'all in the room? Noah didn't need a new skill set. He just needed faith. Amen. Let me keep calling the roll. Abraham, leave, leave everything. Y'all with me? Leave country, Kendrick, go to a place that I will show you. I'm not telling you where that place is. Just leave. Excuse me, Lord. But the will of God is bigger than you. Nehemiah, go build a wall. Huh? Go on out there. Go build it. Leave your comfortable place and go to a place of war. 
Leave your comfortable place and go to a place of war. One more time. You could stay kicking it with the king, but I want you to leave the king and go down here and help people who can't help themselves. And let me prophetically say that God is oftentimes equipping us during times of peace so that we can be effective during times of war. Amen. Don't miss your moment of equipping by wasting, watch this, the resources that come during your time of plenty. Okay, now we're going to teach you a little bit. See, the reason that many of us stress out during times of war is because we were bad stewards during times of peace. And what I'm saying to you is you have to learn to, watch this, put back during times of peace and not be walking around trying to live like everything golden. So that when war comes, you can still maintain the standard of holiness. Y'all catch that. He says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So watch this. It, my soul, my soul or the seat of my will or my emotions is actually what tells uh, my, my, is, is my level of prosperity. I can't prosper above my level of soul maturity. Amen. You asking God for something that your soul ain't ready for. Your spirit been ready. It's the soul that got the problem. Amen. So the will of God requires faith in God. Noah in the ark. Abraham leaving country. Nehemiah building the wall. David submitting to Saul, even though he was already appointed king. Can y'all imagine how much faith that took? Going to work every day knowing that you actually the boss by decree of God. And this man trying to kill you. Amen. But watch this. Some of us don't get to manifestation because we don't handle the season prior to manifestation well. Did y'all catch that? If you can't be a great secretary, you're not ready to be a great CEO. I tell, I tell, I tell the clergy all the time when, when I first got connected to, to, my, to my presiding bishop, I was literally, my job in the meeting was to take notes. That's it. I didn't have no title. I didn't have no nothing. Come to these meetings and take notes. Then I was officially the secretary. I wasn't asking for nothing. Y'all hear me? Here in just a couple of months, I will officially take the reins as the presiding bishop of that reformation. But you know what that started off with? Come in this little bitty room and take these notes. Why you fussing over an assignment you think you're too good for? You are proven that you're not ready for the assignment that God's trying to get you ready for. Amen. Amen. I don't know why I got to do this. Because this prepares you for that. So the will of God requires relationship with God. The will of God requires faith in God. And let me, let me give you one more before I go to my number three. Even Jesus going to the cross required his obedience to the will. See, we, we, we miss, like we think that Jesus, like we, we take the humanity of Jesus out. But Jesus was fully man and fully God. It's what theologians call the hypostatic union. He was fully man, fully God. As a matter of fact, let me read it. I read it on, uh, turn to John 10. I read it Wednesday, but let me read it to y'all. John 10. Come on, let's read it together. Y'all bored? Wonderful. John 10. Let me read it. Y'all learning? Wonderful. John 10, verse 17. We there? For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. Let's do it again. Sometimes we read too fast. For this reason the Father loves me, because, what's the next word? Huh. I lay down my life. Y'all see that? So that, next word, I may take it again. Look at 18. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. 
I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. The commandment I received from my father. In other words, Jesus was like, I didn't have to die. I got free will. I could have got down here and said, "Mm -mm, I done looked around dad and they all crazy. So I ain't doing it. (laughs) Jesus died on his own. And then, watch, Jesus could have died and decided, I ain't getting up. I'm not getting up. He, he got up on his own. He literally says both things were of his own initiative. Jesus was not, he was not killed. Matter of fact, the text reads, he gave up the ghost. Like I told the class on Wednesday, Jesus could have been on the cross all day. They just would have been mad. Nope, not dying. All day. He made a decision. Well, everything's been fulfilled. I guess I can go ahead and give up the ghost now. Then he says, three days, I guess I can go ahead and get myself up now. Nobody woke him. Nobody woke him. He got himself up of his own initiative. Are y'all with me here? And listen, when y'all really look at those two things, that should make us fall into love with Jesus more. Hold on, Jesus. Wait a minute. This, no, like, like, take that verse and then tie it with while we were yet sinners. Hold on. Christ died. So wait, 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 wait. You didn't wait till I got myself together to do, do all of this. You was dying and getting up on your own while I was still a fool. Thank you, Jesus. I was still acting crazy, talking crazy, doing crazy things, and you still died on my behalf? Thank you, Jesus. I still had no intention of accepting you, and you died. I had no intention of making you my savior, and you still got up. I had no intention. I wasn't even looking at you like that. I was living and doing okay all by myself. I was in my flesh. I was acting a fool, and you died on my behalf. Your grace was still sufficient. Your blood was still working on my behalf even while I was in sin even while I was living dangerous even while I was going places I had no business you mean to what a mighty God we serve what a mighty God we serve excuse me I wasn't even thinking about it see maybe maybe y'all got different stories but some of us in this room got a history I'm trying I know, I know, I know some of y'all came out the womb singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. I know. And you back that up with Kumbaya, my Lord. And then as your third number, you sing God me old, thy great Jehovah. I know, I know y'all got it all together. And then the few threw anthem in, how great thou art. You got it, you got it. But there's some other ones of us who was sinning in church. Okay, y'all not in here. Going to church acting a fool. Telling everybody you was one thing, but you was really another. And God still Some of us had positions and was going to hell, but God still Some of us were sitting in places of authority and still wasn't living right. But God still had enough grace and mercy. See, that's why when I get the text like, your grace is sufficient for me, all of a sudden something begins to jump up in my spirit because I know, see, when I hear stuff like I was sinking, I see myself. I ain't got time to look around and look at what you've been through. I know my own story. I know what God has done for me. See, that's what's wrong with some of our praise worship we're looking around to see if anybody agrees but you ought to look at your own life and think things over a little bit and if God days hasn't done nothing for you you can sit there but if God has done anything on your behalf y'all give me a second I got one more thing to say glory to God The will of God requires relationship with God. The will of God requires faith in God. Here's the last. The will of God requires obedience to God. It requires obedience to God. Now, let me just walk y'all through this. I'll give you text. I need to walk you through the story. 
Because y'all know Abraham. Y'all know Abraham, right? You know his wife, Sarah. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know? Oh, Abe. You know. So around Genesis 15, don't turn. Let me talk you through it because y'all know the story. Around Genesis 15, God comes to Abraham. Abraham, huh? You're going to have a son. For real? For real, for real? Yeah, you're going to have one. And so the scripture says at the end of that little passage around verse 6, he says, Abraham believed God. He says, Abraham believed God and counted it to him as righteousness. He believed God. This is about to get sticky, y'all. You might might want to put on your racing harnesses just a minute. Write this down in your notes. The blessing is in exactly. Write it just like that. The blessing is in exactly. All right, watch. What did I say just a second ago? Uh, The will of God requires relationship with God. The will of God requires faith in God. The will of God requires obedience to God, right? The blessing is in what? Abraham, you'll have a son. You're going to have a son. Scripture says, Abraham said, I believe you, God. Genesis 16 On the other hand, Sarah, I said, the blessing is in what? Ooh-wee, somebody going to catch it. Light bulbs about to go off all over the place. Sarah was like, hey, I ain't had no kids. Um, So why don't you go and uh, sleep with Hagar? And uh, maybe we can have a kid through Hagar. The blessing is in what? Yeah, you still ain't caught it yet. And so Abram, Abram went and slept with Hagar. That's what he did. Hagar got pregnant. Ooh, it's going to get good. And Hagar gave birth. She named that kid Ishmael. Y'all with me? Two things I need to tell us before I go to this next part of the story. Number one, I have searched high and low through chapter 15, Daphne, um, Dr. Baines, Cosby. I have, I'm going to start giving you a doctorate already. Um, I've searched high and low. DC, I done searched high and low through chapter 15. I done searched high and low. Through chapter 15, Ganey, I done searched high and low, and guess what I can't find? Y'all want to know what I can't find? Abraham never told Sarah what God had promised him. God, oh, it's about to get better in here. Oh, look, go ahead, burn them pages up. I done looked high, low, turn the Bible sideways. I'm like, wait, wait, you mean to tell me, Abraham, I want to slap him now. You mean to tell me God had a visitation with you? We married. We married. This is my wife right here. God himself come tell me something that requires her participation. Wasn't like I was going to have a son by myself. So the promise of God, y'all going to catch it, required her participation. But I just conveniently didn't say nothing to her about the promise or the visitation. Oh, I'm going to prove it because y'all like, maybe they left that out. Okay, watch. Let me skip ahead and come back. If she would have known the promise, why when God came back, was she so astonished that she was going to have a son and had to get rebuked because she was on the other side of the door laughing about the promise? If she would have known that God had said it in the first place... Some of your households are in the mess they in right now because y'all ain't talking to each other about your prayer lives. Wow. 
You sitting up there praying about one thing, he praying about another, and you got turmoil because a double-minded man, oh, y'all not in here, you want another one, a house divided against itself. I'm going to teach against the devil today. Now, hold on. I ain't through. We just going around the corner a little fast. I ain't done. Y'all give me a second. Now, Abram, yes, why in the world? He never, he never said nothing to her. I'm looking, I'm looking, turning it all side. I'm trying to promise y'all I'm looking. I'm like, I know you got to say, you got to tell your wife, hey, babe, hey, girl, hey, girl, hey, girl. Let me tell you what God said. We about to have a kid. We about to have a kid. I'm for real, for real. For real, for real, for real. We about to have a kid. We about to have a kid. And let me tell you what else he said. After he told me he's about to have a kid, he took me outside and he told me to look. And he said that our descendants was going to be real, real big. So go ahead, get your mind right, girl, because we about to have us a kid. But he never said nothing. Not He gets another chance when she says, I want a kid. It should have reminded him, you know what? I got to worry about that. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Soon as she walked into, oh, so now we about to figure out a little something. Cause he wanted to. Cause the reason he didn't deny Hagar. Oh, y'all don't want to tell the whole story in church. Y'all don't want to tell the whole story in church. That's why some of us conveniently skip over parts of the Bible that we don't like. Y'all don't want to tell the whole story in church. Now, oh, it's about to get better, Elder Leela. It's going to get better. Now watch. So he didn't say nothing to the words she tells him about Hagar because I'm convinced that had she known that she was going to have a son, she would have said that before I give you Hagar, let's go ahead and get this trying going on. Since God done come to you and told you all of this thing, and since the Lord done said this to you, he said, so why don't, why don't we go into the tent and see if God can make a promise? Since you done had all this word, let's go try him at his word. Don't be looking at me like that. Let's go try him at his word since the Lord done said it. You got me, come on, y'all want to tell, you got me living all depressed, thinking I can't get birth. You got me living in depression, thinking that my womb is barren. You got me living in depression when the whole time you had a promise that could have unlocked the desire of my heart, she should have hit Abraham in his tooth. The front one. Hard. It's going to get better. Got one more thing to say. Here's the thing that got me, y'all, because I said the will of God requires obedience. The blessing is in what? Okay. Watch. Watch. So now he done had a kid. Sarah feeling some type of way because he done had a kid. Feeling some type of way. And had a kid. Feeling some type of way. And, uh, like, you know, it's not right. It's frustrating because she mad. She mad at Hagar now. Here's the thing that got me out of Deborah. Watch this. Coach, watch this. Watch. Oh, y'all listening real good? What Abraham had to do to manifest the promise with Sarah was no different than what he did to manifest transgression with Hagar. It took the, it wasn't like he had to do something different to bring a promise about, which means you done messed around and wasted the actual, watch this, see, never mind. Y'all ain't in the room. So, so, so I, I was talking to my dad this morning. He, was, he, he asked me every morning, my dad says, what you preaching? And we was going through it. And I said, you know what? Here's the problem, dad, that I'm having with this text. He said, what's that? He said, I ain't never heard it like that before. I said, me neither, dad, so I'm going to preach it. And so I said, here's, I said, here's the problem I'm having. Here's the problem I'm having. I don't think, I don't think Abraham was having problems believing God. Because in the first chapter, it says he believed God. I think Abraham was having trouble believing Sarah. <laughs> Y'all don't want to talk in here. Y'all don't. 
Because even though he was old and didn't think he could have birth, he so did try with Hagar. I'm just, we're just reading English. We're just reading together. You see how we're just reading together? These are just spiritual conclusions. We're just reading together. <laughs> you laughing at me. <sighs> Y'all wish I could see my wife's face. She is, <laughs> she is burning this page up right here. She is like, wait a minute. <laughs> Because in the first chapter, it said, chapter, in chapter 50, y'all see, y'all keep, y'all fooling with me. Turn it, turn it. Come on, hurry up. I'm about to run out of time. Genesis 15. I'm just trying to help the people. I'm trying. All right. Let's, are we in 15? Two, Abram said, oh Lord God, what will you give me since I'm childless? The heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Abraham said, since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this man will not be your heir, but the one will come forth from your own body. From your own body. From your own body. Hmm. He, he'll be your heir. He took him outside. Now look toward the heavens, count the stars. If you're able to count them, he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Six. Then he believed in the Lord. Y'all do see that in your Bible. He reckoned it to him as righteousness. Y'all do see that. Skip to 16. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has preserved me from, prevented rather, me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. Right there, he should have said, No, girl. No, girl. No, girl. The Lord done told me. The Lord done told me. I got a word. Come on. Let's see if we can count it to him as righteous. Y'all yeah, looking at me funny. Because how did he have enough faith to do what needed to be done to Sarah, but he did it to Hagar? But the blessing to teach back there. But the blessing is in what? Come on, the blessing is in what? One more time, the blessing is in who? Exactly. As a matter of fact, watch, watch. Because the blessing is in exactly when the Lord asked Abram to offer his son... His only son, right? He said, Isaac. Y'all missed it. Offer your son, your only son, Isaac. That wasn't his only son, but to God it was because there's no blessing tied to Ishmael. Because the blessing was tied to exactly. Huh? Matter of fact, when God comes back to him and says, you'll have a son, he tells him, I already got one, Ishmael. No, you ain't had a promise yet. You haven't given birth to your promise yet. You gave birth to your behaviors. Y'all. The promise is still in Sarah. Behavior was in Hagar. Y'all got to understand. And some of us got a whole lot of Hagars running around and a whole lot of behavior that we have given birth to. But somebody in this room is about to finalize, finally recognize that the real blessing is in exactly... Lord, where's my, where's, where's, where's Isaac? Where's Isaac at? See, because Abraham wasn't a child of promise. Some of us are trying to use something God never said to get something that God promised. You can't offer your Ishmael and get an Isaac blessing. Even when Ishmael is costing you money. Even when Ishmael done kept you up at night. Y'all not in here. Even, even, even when Ishmael is getting on your nerves, the blessing is still tied to the exactly. 
And while Ishmael is still a responsibility, Isaac is still where the promise is. You can't neglect Ishmael and think God going to be pleased either. Because even though Ishmael is the child of your behavior, you still have a responsibility to do right by what you created. You don't want no Bible on that. Because watch, as soon as Sarah decided that she was going to try to come down hard on Hagar, God had to pull, her, pull Hagar to the side and say, look, they don't understand, but I'm about to take care of you. Don't mess around and allow what you refuse to take care of become a burden that you'll have to deal with the rest of your life hear me I'm, I'm speaking to somebody prophetically I shouldn't have to take care of it you weren't thinking about that when you was asked to go to Hagar was you oh, come on we talking in church today the blessing is in what so number one y'all okay the will of God requires relationship with God. The will of God requires faith in God. The will of God requires obedience to God. And the blessing is in what? Now I need everybody in this room, I'm about to pray, to think about exactly what God has told you. You have just listened to part eight of the Marketplace Movement Podcast, There's Work To Be Done series. There's still so much more training to go. Please like us on the Marketplace Movement Instagram page, follow us on Twitter at the Marketplace R-E-A-L, and visit our website, themarketplacemovement.org. We invite you to worship with us at 3300 West 3rd Street in Dayton, Ohio, or catch us on Periscope every Sunday and Wednesday. Remember, the Lord does not fail. We hope to see you soon at the Marketplace Movement, where we reach, enhance, and advance lives.